Welcome to what will likely be the last TGOFE episode of a certain era. This is a for a while. Yeah, this is yeah. the last season of TV episode we are going to do for a very long time. Uh, we're 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 gonna do movie episodes since those are easier. We um, might do community at some point if you force us to. At some point, I mean, look, if you guys pay us a thousand dollars a month, like we'll do. If you guys pay us a thousand dollars a month, we will do literally anything you ask. Yeah, no, but until then. We are taking a break from this stuff right now, and I wish we could say we went out with a bang, but Venture Brothers Season 7 is not very good. It's, uh, I'll be we honest, it's, it's a little bad, if I'm being honest. We went out with a Brock. Is yeah. anything? No, it isn't. It's almost something. We went out with so a, I, uh, hold on, I can take this out. Keep going, keep going. Uh, I was just going to say, regardless of, you know, how you feel about it, because I'm obviously the most positive because I'm boring and, like, the bad cape shit. It is very funny to me rewatching this season that, like, oh, they did, they totally thought they were going to get a season eight. Like, for every, like, yeah, they resolve a bunch of plot lines, but they start up just as many this season. So it's just like, yeah, this would have been a terrible ending to the show. Thank God they're still fingers crossed getting the movie to have a good ending yeah um, no uh yeah 100 percent. well it's just this is gonna be i think what we're gonna try to tease out through this whole episode but it is almost a, a and i don't hate this season anyway it's definitely not my favorite it's definitely like not it. as good as some of the early stuff but i i do think there is something very deeply kind of sad and and ironic about the fact that this show that was originally created as a condemnation and a parody and the satire of like deep, intense, like lore heavy, continuity focused, you know, children's entertainment is now itself turned into a very lore heavy, continuity focused adult entertainment. And yeah. um, you, you know adult what the idea that heavy quotation. It's what is adult because they say fuck every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and you, instead you know of what it instead is. of jokes, they say fuck a whole lot. Yeah, it, it's the yeah. it's the same thing that ev- happens to every creator that starts out making something funny and referential and then gets too like emotionally invested to it. They like the characters too much. They they they're like, no, I don't want to be me. I like these characters. Well, yeah. I want to write fun stories with them. It's. I mean, it's funny because, like you say, they like the characters so much, but, like, almost all the characters that were the highlights of the earlier seasons, like... Are not really... Brock yeah. Samson, Dr. Girlfriend, they don't get, like, interesting shit to do. They just are no. on screen a lot. And like, also, they're sanded down a lot of it. I think Brock gets out of it better than most, but, like, a lot well, of them... Because he's... Are... Ba- no, no, go on. Oh, I was just saying, because he's barely in it. Me, it's, it's, you know, it's important, so... He's, he's like... I feel like Brock is of the the main venture family. He is like has a major role in maybe like three episodes this season. It feels like they they, they put him in the closet, but they didn't even do like OSI stuff. He's just not here. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. They they've really just made like every interesting character in the show into like the straight man, basically. Like they they the stuff that really frustrates me is that like. Doctor Girlfriend and um, the Monarch, you know, in their original incarnation, 
is one of the most inspired fucking premises in TV history where you have this like Joker and Harley Quinn pair who, you know, are kind of inept, but also just like have a normal adult relationship. And then they just go off on some bullshit with it and they don't do anything interesting with it. They just make her like just a boring bureaucrat, like a less funny version of Hermes from Futurama. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, well, the thing about it is, like, I get from a dramatic angle, like, why they're going that way. It's like, you know, she, they're they're trying to do the new stuff with the council, and they need someone to head that, and they have clearly shown her to be competent, and so they're like, well, we can turn this this into an arc for her, where it's like she's trying to balance her work life, you know, responsibilities or whatever. But it's also like, it's not funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not, and, and... I'm not going to say they don't know how to write jokes anymore, but like, it really does feel like I'm going to say that. Thing. <laughs> I think they, I'm going to say are, that there is a handful of these that still kind of got me in this. I, I think a lot of the stuff with St. Cloud still, um, it's that's cheat some, code. Sure. Yeah, granted, but they came up with it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn, they, <laughs> this dude who programmed the game is cheating. It's like, sure. But yeah. No, but I, there were there were a handful of jokes. I I can't honestly remember them off the top of my head because I just got off another record. But like there, there are, there there is enough in here where I'm like they're not like fully hacks, but like the amount. And I think also they just got like the fucking go ahead to use a lot more swear words this season. So just the amount of times where like a joke has been replaced with a pithy observation about pop culture and then someone saying you fucking shit it's like it's it is it does feel like they got so invested in the frankly kind of lackluster continuity you know comic book drama stuff that like they kind of did not work very hard on any of the actual comedy that this comedy show is supposed to be <laughs> built yep. around. so that's and that's kind of like a thing that I like I like this season again you know as I've prefaced many times because I'm being very negative uh, but, like, I think the thing about this season is that season six, you know, we, I think we were pretty positive on it because it was a big swing for the fences, introduced a bunch of new characters, shook up everyone's status quo, and now they're like, all right, we gotta, how are we gonna tie this into the what we want to do for the next season? Let's, like, set up, mu- like, a lot of what this season is is just a transition, like, okay, what do we want to want to do with these storylines? And there's there's good shit here. There's a lot of like good performances and stuff that I really yeah, like. No, we, I, but it is definitely like it's better than season five. Mm-hmm. But it is very clearly another Venture Brothers season. It doesn't have its own unique flair or you know vibe to it. It's just here's more and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it, it? It like again? It's they have taken on all of the comp or all of the. Uh, qualities of comics that they were originally trying to parody like oh yeah it's bloated and it just kind of goes on for the sake of going on yeah that's what we were making fun of when when the early Johnny Quest seasons now that's kind of the operating procedure of the show you know oh it's you know all of this stuff that made you know superheroes kind of vital and interesting is now just being overtaken by like heavy-handed soap opera drama guess what you know (laughs) It's it's it is literally like you I we have you have become the monster you were trying to destroy or whatever like it's every everything everything that they came into the show trying to mock 
like serialized fiction about is now something that they are 100% wedded to in their own writing process. And I think it's a solid version of that. I, again, yeah, like you said, a lot of the performances are good. Clancy Brown is again, they don't give him anything to do, but he knocks it out of the park. The fucking, I will say one of the big standout moments of this whole season is that monologue he gives to the daredevil knockoff. Oh, Um, that's the train tracks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's like, because Clancy Brown is a consummate fucking professional and he is yeah. one of the best voice actors in the game. Yeah. Well, that also is just, that one moment is like a weird jolt of energy that the whole season's missing. Like, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. shit. Remember when the show could have like stakes and be in, like, you know, be put clever twists on old premises while still yeah. being faithful to that? Like, it's it's this weird, where was this yeah. shit? Yeah. And you know what? I, go on, Ty. Like, I'm sorry. No, go on, Andy. Because I really liked the Gargantua 2 special, like, a lot. And, and, and like, considering how much of this season feels, like, even though I like a lot of the smaller episodes, like, the, the one with, um, the one with the, the, uh, the conference call, like, meeting, uh, and the, uh, St. Cloud episodes. Yeah. Like, those are, those are fun. I kind of wonder, like, considering how this, is that, like, would this season work better as, like, especially with how the first three episodes are set up, as, like, a series of, like, 60 minute movies where it's like okay you can tell the story but you don't have to like you you tell the parts you don't want to tell you don't have to fucking stretch it out because that's what this is this season is stretched out to 10 episodes no but i think a lot of the issues that we're complaining about would still exist in a series of movies and that oh it is more about like kind of cheesy continuity-based storytelling rather than like i honestly think if they were going by the paradigm of earlier venture brothers they could do like it would be better to be like a 15 minute episode you know yeah. and the fact that like yeah the fact that they are like now expanding things out so much that like the bloat kind of needs more time and needs like you know longer episodes to quote unquote work i think it is it is less like oh the mechanics of it didn't work and more oh they are coming into it with like the exact wrong mindset for making this kind of show or at least to kind of show that it was at the beginning that we really liked you know so Ty, I want to ask you specifically, because Spencer didn't watch the last two episodes. You didn't? No. Spencer. Uh, Which is... You know, I mean, not because they're good, but just like, just to get the full scope of the thing. Do you think... I don't care enough, I'm sorry. I like the the 10th episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like the Brock stuff stuff in the last episode. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's probably his best use all season. Um, The... uh, but but what I was going for is since since you watched all of this mm-hmm. and you've seen how they're sort of setting things up for a season eight, do you think they can like are like do a tight like send off from where the pieces are at in like a, a ninety to a hundred and twenty minute movie or maybe even seventy? <laughs> I think they're going to have to pick and choose their battles. I think yeah. maybe you can get yeah. closure for the Venture Brothers maybe Doc and Monarch's relationship. And then if you're lucky, maybe you could throw in like a, something, you know, a, a Monarch doctor girlfriend thing that ties into the guild of calamitous intent. But like, yeah, I don't know. I really, if, if this last, if this last season is anything to go off of, I don't think they can wrap it up cleanly because they tried to do that in the last two episodes and they completely ate shit on it. Like, just, oh, well, I think they, they did that the, because the most rushed bullshit they can they could have put out there. Yeah, because a, a lot of the season feels like it was stuff that was supposed to be in season six. Um, yeah, that they didn't well, have room for. So I, I feel like them having the knowledge of, OK, we only have this much, this much. 
well, it's obviously a different mindset than when you're just like, eh, we'll get another eight, uh, eight episodes in like three years or whatever, even if that is unrealistic. No, I, and I, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not getting mad at them for the impulse to like, oh, we thought we were going to have more time to do this. And now we're kind of coming up to the wire. Like, let's try to find a way to wrap this up. But the way they chose to do it is like the most like fucking, and again, it's another fucking issue of comics that they have completely, you know, taken on as their own like burden in terms of the writing is it's all fucking like cheap fan service references to earlier stuff. Like, you know, it's all, Oh, the monarchs finally joining the, you know, joining the guild council. And, Oh, you know, it's, it's, we're, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I thought the bit was funny, but the thing that I noticed most is <laughs> fucking scare bear. Um, yeah, exactly. Like scare bear brought- or, or I mean, I don't know. I guess it's not, the word it just, I think it's the stuff that the mon like with the monarch that really got me is because like the entire season is about how like oh he's just like a shitty level five or whatever and then the last episode is suddenly like oh you're gonna join the council now and it's like where where was the fucking build to this where like where where did this fucking come from it's just out of nowhere because people like the monarch and you need to give the monarch a win like well I think the implication is that like oh he got fucked because he can't be arch rusty uh, anymore and that's like what, what do you mean how. Because he's his brother and that... I don't know. I no, feel but like they're that, going... but they set all that stuff up before they figured that out. And also, why yeah, couldn't, he, why couldn't the Arch Rusty if they were related? Wouldn't that make it even more intense? Like I don't, I don't know. I feel like they were setting things up to be like, oh, you got what you wanted, but you, you got your cake and ate it too. But that might be me giving them a bit too much credit. It's, um, I also just want to say it's stupid to begin with to make Rusty and uh, the Monarch brothers, like, just I... generally... I think if they are building to something in, like, whatever proposed eighth season that they were going towards or something they eventually end up doing in the movie, I kind of see how it could work in that, like, the entire show is about the quote-unquote Venture Brothers. You know, you think it's, like, Hank and Dean, but really it's Rusty and the Monarch, you know? That kind of makes sense to me, but I, I... yeah, I think that, like, having any more time to build that up besides throwing it in as, like, a teaser for, like, hey, if this movie ever gets made, maybe this will be important, I think probably would have been more palatable, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, also, the I feel like the thing that I noticed this season that's like, oh, you're going to have to completely rewrite that, is the way Hank's character arc ends this goes, where it's like, I need to figure out what I want to do for my life and leave, and it's like, yeah, good luck resolving that in a 90-minute movie. I think I think they can maybe figure that out. I especially if like that. I I I do think if they make this well, the relate like it'll focus on the relationships between the two pairs of venture brothers, and that'll be like how you make that a kind of clean cap. Is like there's, yeah, because yeah. uh, I was just gonna say you missed it, Spencer. But the end of episode nine is <laughs> Hank finds out that his Italian girlfriend cheated on him with Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no. She deserves so much better than she's than Hank. The Venture Brothers, yeah. Yeah, than the Venture Brothers. I mean, dude, she doesn't. Oh, no, she also deserves Venture better than Dean. Yeah, yeah they're, they're both, both kind of shitty. Yeah, no, but <laughs> uh, Dean just knows he's shitty. But that that yeah. also I mean, brings in a whole new path. Ty, Ty, you you. I mean, in my head that makes no difference, really. Like, uh, what? just just. I mean, in the in the world, someone knowing they're shitty is often like worse than someone who doesn't yeah but anyways then it's like why aren't you fixing yourself? i was about to say ty 
you said if they make this well, and judging by this season, that's a big if. Like, I could totally see them focusing way too much on, like, guild bullshit. And I think that may, might very well happen. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the all the different fucking, like, organizations that they have, and it'll be all about that since they've done, you know, like, the season two finale, like, that was all about that shit, too. So I, I could see them yeah. just trying to no, retreading that. They've fallen in love with their bureaucracy enough where I would not be surprised if, like, it was, you know, a, a solid third of the movie to half the movie was just, like, guild bullshit and, like, yeah. trying to get all fit all the characters that they love in there. But I think that, like, and again, whether or not you trust them, that's something. But I, I just think from a, like, very, like, story structure perspective, if you wanted to make it work in that confined space, it would have to be literally just around the pair of Hank and Dean, around the pair of uh, Rusty and Monarch. And then there are, there are maybe be other smaller character arcs or character interactions, but they are all in service of like building out, oh, what's the relationship between Hank and Dean going to look like? And then what's this new relationship between the Monarch and Rusty look like? Yeah. And I want to say I'm not as high on the season four finale as Andy is, but like that one made a really smart move where they hinged like the big climax on it on like Brock and his fondness for the ventures and that family. Yeah. And that was like a really great moment. And it, it helped that they had a fucking pulp song playing in the background. But it is like that is a would have been a really good way to end the fucking series because it is about this connection of characters that most of them are terrible people or losers. But there is that genuine bond there. And I just don't trust them to be able to pull that off anymore. You know what? You know what? I'm worried. And I feel like there's 50 and not to say they couldn't do it well, but it would be the most like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing is if the, the venture brothers movie centers around Hank and Dean's mom. Oh God. That mm. there's like a 50, 50 chance that that's, I kind of hope that we just never know. God, that, that would suck. I do think they have made, like, at the very least, statements that, like, that's going to be part of the movie. God damn it, man. Here, let, me I... re- let me find the mo- Let me find, like, the abstract for the movie. I trusted you too. Well, because the thing yeah. that I was, that made me go in that direction was that, like, the Sovereign's dead. Phantom Limb is a loser. Uh, like, the Peril, no one cares about the Peril Partnership. No, they've never done anything cool. You're, you're not bringing back Jonas to life. That would be fucking lame, especially with how this season ends, and you already kind of did that. What else would there be to, like, build a big climax for yeah. the show around? Mm. Literally here, that. Here, you ready? What? Doc's latest invention will either bankrupt the ventures or launch them to new heights. As Hank searches for himself, Dean searches for Hank, the monarch searches for answers, and a mysterious woman from their pasts threatens to bring the entire world crashing down on them. Well, at least they, they, they've got their sights on the right targets, generally. But yeah. Well, and also reading through this, like, part of, part of the, this kind of makes me, like, shaky on it, because, like, the monarch searches for answers seems like it'll be completely disconnected. I mean, like, connected, I guess, very tangentially to the venture thing, and that, like, he is searching for answers about, like, his family or whatever, and that'll eventually tie back to the ventures. But, like, it really does seem like he, he's going to be on an entirely different fucking plot from the Doc stuff and the Hank and Dean stuff. So that's very... That'll come together in the third act. Exactly. Yeah. But it's but if it's not... It, if, if the construction isn't there throughout the whole thing and, like, you are not building those connections throughout the whole movie, I, I can't imagine how it won't feel just kind of shoehorned in or shoved in. Maybe they'll do I mean, a good I'm, job with it. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to withhold any judgments on, like... The the quality just until we see a trailer. 
because that that that's when the movie's real. Because you know, again, there's still it has managed to avoid the impact of the discovery buyout so far, thankfully. But we'll yeah. see how long how far that gets them. <sighs> yeah. No. It. Hmm. Do we want to go to the lightning round and then do like our thoughts on the show as a whole? Like, How long have we been going? Sure. Over 20 minutes. We can... That, both of those things will take 20 yeah. minutes apiece. I just... I don't know how we're going to get an hour out of this fucking nothing of a season. Well, I thought we were just going to talk about, like, food or something. No, we were yeah, going to talk, talk about, about the series as a whole at the end. I got like, I got sushi last night. It was pretty good. My dad, um... I got a New York usually ball. throws together, like, a, like a pot of red sauce. We have that with spaghetti. Very mm, good. Yummy. Oh. Yeah, I've got this very big bowl of uh, this pasta recipe I always make with sun-dried tomatoes and capers. That's my, like, go-to weeknight weeknight food. It's very funny you're not the Jewish one in the relationship. Sun-dried... Those Jewish... That's not foods? Jewish at all. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's, that's very, very Mediterranean. My brain just... Yeah. That's yeah, Sicilian. Yes. It's Mediterranean. That's, fucking, that's my my brain. You're went. eating dumplings. What are you like a fucking Jew? <laughs> yeah, that's not even. That is not even remotely Jewish. Walk, walking up to a guy, <laughs> walking up to a guy eating like tacos from a taco truck and just being like, "Hava, hava nagil." <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for the five. Yeah, guy of eating this, fucking Cuban sandwiches and being like, "Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Jamaican, fellow traveler." But- Jamaican, yeah. what are you gonna sp- spin a dreidel next? You fucking <laughs> word I can't say out of the main series. Jeez, come on. Yeah, no, and that's such a funny thing to. That's that's where your brain went, Andy. That's what that's what you thought. Okay, look, I have yeah. to fill time. And, and Andy's had like every food is either American parentheses normal or like ethnic parentheses, parentheses ne- or, or parentheses or american parentheses nausea inducing yeah yeah my water glass is empty i'll be right back you guys have fun okay. I, part of me kind of thinks that andy is like sitting there with like a fucking sherlock holmes moriarty like mental battle going on where he's like I know we're going to need seven more minutes for the podcast. So I will come up with the most, I will come up with the most insultable take for Andy and Ty to riff on for the next 10 minutes. So Papers we will have three minutes. And sun-dried tomatoes. Min- we will have three minutes of leeway in case we are free- we finish up early on the lightning round. Ca- capers and sun-dried tomatoes are Jewish. They're pretty Jewish. Okay, yeah. I mean, they're... <laughs> They're Jewish in that they. What do you want from me? They sound gross. They sound icky. Good, uh, good understanding of the correct culture food comes from. That's what I want from you, big guy. Are you all right? I'm fine. No, we're trying to. We're just trying to turn this into anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I gave you something. No, you did. See, I expected to come back and be like, "Oh, you've moved on into a different bit," but I guess I wasn't long gone enough. No, yeah, you were only gone for a minute. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I think that now we should move on to the lightning round. Sure. Yeah. We will be fine. The episode. Okay, so 
Number one, the Venture Bros and the Curse of the Haunted Problem. I mean, honestly, we should probably just talk about the first three episodes since they're up. Being... That's a that's a great point. Yeah, we need to waste less time. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Venture Bros <laughs> and the Curse of the Haunted Problem. Uh, they, they never do good Halloween kind of stuff, generally. Is this a Halloween kind of thing? This it, came out in August. Oh, yeah, fuck. It, it just reminded me. It, they had haunted in the title, so I assumed yeah, it was like a fucking, It's like a fucking Christmas thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they it's never like they do have, good with these Jewish episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, if they have, if they have haunted, the if anything has the title of haunted in it, title haunted in it, it's Halloween. If anything has jolly in the title, it's Christmas related. Oh, okay. That yeah. does make sense. You're a child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have, you have the brain of a six-year-old. Yeah, no. I mean, isn't that just kind of what being autistic is? I guess, in God. a way. God. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a depressing view, but... Oh, uh, no, you're better at... Well, it's it's tough, because you're better at math than the average six-year-old, but you like all the stuff that the average six-year-old likes. Mm. I wish I was better at math than the average. <laughs> Andy, what's, uh, what's three times four? Twelve. Twelve? It sounded like you said Ralph. Yeah. Well, that was because I that was because I literally yeah. drank a glass. He said so Ralph. This MF this thinks three times four is Ralph. Ralph. He's yeah. like Ralph. He got distracted thinking about baby movies. Yeah. <laughs> got distracted thinking about movies for little kids. He can't even do math. God, I don't know. Uh, Orpheus is back. Orpheus is back. Orpheus That's another back. thing. It's like Orpheus is such a great they, character, and they just don't use him don't do at all I, yeah. I will say uh it's it's not in this episode but the callback to the stroke is one of the more obnoxious callbacks that i actually really liked of like okay okay you uh so in like a season two episode when orpheus meets with the um the old uh, venture team he tells the action man that you're gonna have a stroke in like three oh years. that's funny okay yeah and, th- and then they finally did it this season which i appreciate it's because they don't explain it, which makes it just like yeah. It's not winking at you. It's just like you either got it or you didn't. Okay, I did um, not get it. So that is yeah. Yeah, that's no, a fun. Props to them. Little... No, I I mean the fact that Orpheus gets sidelined so much is like proof of the show just has too much fucking fat on its bones. Like it's got it nine hundred characters, and no matter how many they fucking kill off, they always add like five more to just pop up randomly, and they don't have any yeah. idea what to fucking do with them. Can you name a line the alchemist has this season? Um, he says the building's cool. I think at some point. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. God, I, I cannot stand how they just insist upon, like, why couldn't Phantom Limb have stayed fucking gone? Like, Jesus Christ, who needed more Phantom Limb in this, they this needed, fucking show? they needed the council. It, they were trying to build up a council of 13, and they realized, like, yeah, we're not going to get there. We're not going to yeah. fucking get there. We're not going to fill this with enough people that anyone cares about to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't care yeah. about Phantom fucking Limb. He's a boring character. He In the early seasons, which I mostly liked, he was a fucking, like, black mark on the show. He was boring and not funny. Mm. Yeah. God damn, no. Sorry, this this show, this show, it's like, it's more frustrating than outright bad shows just because the show and its creators are smart and talented enough to make really, really good fucking TV when they want. Yeah, but, but they they're just, also old. They just shoot themselves in the fucking dick so many times. Yeah, it's, they're ugh. elderly. Yeah. yeah. No, it just, it, it, it does piss me off just to see such like a, 
great cast of characters and a great, you know, fucking writing team just like go like, let's do, let's do the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why don't we do well, that? They're 50 year old nerds. That's all 50 year old nerds do. Like yeah, that's, that's, true. that's why the comic industry is in the state it's in is because everyone's like fucking Kevin Smith and everyone with his exact brain is just doing this shit. God, no. Yeah. Um, what do we think about Dr. Ventures? And also if they're getting their ass kicked by manga. Dr. Venture's dad coming back. Uh, it's I... funny that they do absolutely nothing with it. Yeah. He's like this, like this emotional linchpin of his entire fucking character. Yeah. And it's then like, just, yeah, like, we'll do a half an I, episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the stuff with um, the Blue Morpho in episode three, I think, is like yeah. some of the best like directed stuff this season. No, it looks but it great is, and it it's is, performed It well. is clear that like the big ending, like the thing they've been building up to kind of since season one, assuming they planned that, which doubtful yeah is like it is it is like he falls in the lake like nothing actually happens it's just it's just a, it's just i'm back and then he's dead yeah. and crucially um, nothing actually happens to a character who they introduced one time two seasons ago and then brought back it's yeah. the, it's the same problem spencer was just talking about is that yeah it's potentially very cool and i think as filmmakers and like as you know directors and as like you know, just on the technical craft of making a TV show, they are better than they were at the start of it. But it is, they, they are in this really bad camp where it's just, they are constantly shifting the focus to new characters and characters that don't people don't really give a shit about and moving away from the core cast because they have ultimately fell, fallen more in love with this world than they are in love with making a show that, like, works on a on a structural level, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it's just really depressing. This whole arc, I mean, we'll move on to the Rorqual affair, but like this whole mini arc in the beginning of this sh- of this season is, I mean, it's pretty exhausting. Like they they're trying to tie up the Blue Morpho stuff, and I guess like making uh, the monarch like a secret good guy behind his girlfriend's or his wife's back is like a decent but enough premise. But but they didn't do that this season. They did that season six. Yeah. Well, they have to tie it up here. Is the thing. Yeah. They have to. They have to end it somehow. Yeah. Um. I, I. Okay. So, how do you guys feel about a fucking wide whale? Or not wild whale. His brother about the fucking Doctor Dugong being alive and the tying into that. That felt a little too like yeah. okay. Yeah. You're being too cute. Exactly. Yeah. That that was a big part of the continuity stuff. It's like. Yeah, on a very technical level, or let's say technical again, dumbass. Um, but like on, on like a you know very, <laughs> for lack of a better word, like Reddit level, it is very like wow. They look at this callback. Look at how they tied everything together. It's like Marvel, and it's yeah, but it's all like in the actual you know story of the episode it's kind of out of nowhere it is kind of fucking like thrown in as like uh we didn't know how to get out of this and who gives a fuck about dr dugong it is is very it's like so many of the writing tricks in this season are like party tricks they're like they're like fun little conversational hacks you would do it at a party to make people like titter for a little bit like oh that's cute and then if you thought about it for literally two minutes you'd be like oh wait that's fucking there's nothing there it's completely fucking empty what happened there i would um i would also i like you know what i feel like the monarch and bloom and and gary they get off way too easy like honestly i think it kind of would have been like 
a better thing to just fucking throw them in prison for the re- for for most of the season until they pull them out at episode ten or whatever. Like as as good as it is, it's like no, like they, this is a too easy get out of jail free card. Yeah, like they just they killed a bunch of people. Yeah, they did. And but <laughs> they want to go back to the characters. status quo. Yeah. They, they want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want it to be entirely serialization-heavy, but they also want the status quo to exist without really much shaking up outside of, like, the, the spe- very specific points that they want to change it to, like, try to, you know, make character interactions work better. Yeah. They are, they're, in many ways, they're, like, the anti-George R. R. Martin in that, like... He is so fucking invested in, like, the, the chain of consequence in his fucking shit that, like, he's never going to finish anything. And these guys are just, like, completely throwing it out the window so they can get, you know, another fucking episode about, like, damn, wouldn't it be epic if the monarch met hunter-gatherers? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Arrears in science? What even happens in this one? That's the, th- that's, the one, that's the one where the blue morpho yeah, that Jonas Venture. Yeah, we already kind of talked about okay. this. Um, yeah. The high cost of loathing. I wanted more of Dean at college since that's like a fun little thing for him to do that's gracefully yeah. divorced from this he, whole bullshit. Yeah. He kind of fell out of the season like towards the like middle to end. It is very weird. Yeah. Which is a shame because, like, him at college and him desperately trying to get away from this whole shit show is, like, one of the more compelling threads the season has to offer. Yeah. And, like, I guess maybe they just, like, wanted to get him out of the picture for a little bit so it would be, like, more dramatic when the shit with Serena happens. But, like, yeah, I feel like at the showing more than, like, what, one episode of their budding, like, friendship or, like, attraction or whatever maybe would have helped a little bit more. You know, maybe yeah. beside, that made made it not seem just like a cheap, like, jo- drama tr- trick that they threw in to, like, make the relationship between the Venture Brothers strained for literally an episode before they're canceled. Where did he get the million dollars from? Where He's rich. Okay, okay. They, me- they mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, Rusty gave him a checkbook, and I'm assuming that because they are fabulously wealthy by, at this point in the series. He yeah, they have that. a they live it's, in a giant it's not like It's building. not like everyone, it's not like anyone asking the show, or watching the show was asking, like, did he just win the lottery? What happened? <laughs> like, I, I was asking that. Yeah, they all, like, I know you were, because you have a fucking brain of a child, yeah. No, I, I assumed, oh, it's just he's rich, but like I was, yeah, I was yeah, wondering yeah. if I missed any like thread earlier, but... You missed the throwaway line, yeah. Also, Dr. Z is... He's a fine character, but they are using him way too much. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. it's because he's one of like two or three charismatic like people on the Council of Thirteen that they have anymore. It's like him, Red Death, kind of Dr. Girlfriend, yeah. And he's also one of the few people that they have... That are like old Hyena Barbera esque characters still yeah. in this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, they fully just make the switch to superhero show in this season. Like it is fully just the like, cape shit. All. Well, the I mean, way I would down. say they did that season six. They did that season that. six, but now they've really cemented it. Yeah, I mean, it's been trending that way for a while too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The 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 more this show has just forgotten its modus operandi, the more I have just like lost the ability to care. Like I honestly miss season one which you know looked like it was animated and fucking like you know like flat scratch or whatever and was very janky but you know it, it, it at least understood why this show is fun which is because it's making fun of old stupid cartoons and you know applying a more real world logic to it like it, it oh god 
I'm repeating myself, but this shit just frustrates me so much. Yeah. And I don't get why, uh, like, this show, like, in its later seasons, like, why doesn't this show have the same reputation, like, fucking community does, where everyone agrees that after a certain point it just went downhill? Not uh, everyone agrees that. You will... <laughs> You will find people. You you will find people very easily who agree that season five and six are as good as like season two. Five had some good stuff. Five was five had some. Really they fun both stuff. had some good stuff. Neither of them was as good as it was before season four. Yeah, yeah. but you know, Sar- Patrick Brewster go- was the best thing they added to that show, and they gave her nothing to work with because the writing was dog shit in season six. Yeah, h- hard to go wrong with adding both uh, Jonathan Banks and John Oliver back into your show, though. That was a that was a good move in season five. <laughs> God damn. No, or Arrested Development, you know, where everyone like, yeah, the right. first three the seasons Netflix are amazing. Netflix seasons are bullshit, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like, you know, everything after season four, season six is great. That's a great season of TV, but everything after season four is just fucking inessential. Like everything after, like, that's where the show should have ended. It's a, uh, I don't know. It, it's, then it would have been remembered as this like modest little cult classic rather than this just... I guess it still is, but now it's just this bloated fucking mess that I can't be bothered to give a shit about anymore. The the Immorata uh, consequence. Immor- I like this one. Which one is um, this one? This is the one the with the, uh, the council. Inamorata. Yeah, this is this is the one where um where the the guild and the OSI meet up to sign a peace treaty, <laughs> and also Dean finds out. And Dean has a has a conversation with like a helper cyborg. Yeah, I the, I the think plot I would say is pretty good. The you mean the Dean stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I I think the whole honestly, if I I think the whole OSI guild operative stuff is kind of weightless, and they spend way too much time in this whole, especially given that like they have already hit home pretty severely that like yeah, OSI and Guild of Calamitous Intent are basically the same thing. They're just like both kids playing dress up, and that's kind of what the entire fucking plot of this episode is about. The fact that like they're treating this Romeo and Juliet story between of, of, you know, members of both organizations as like some kind of high dramatic watermark is like, you're kind of undercutting you're you're undercutting one thing or the other. You're either undercutting the fact that like, yeah, these are all kind of like interchangeable doofuses or you're undercutting like this love story that you're trying to force down our throats. Um, but yeah, I, I think the whole, um, even though the writing is, you know, not as there as it was in the earlier seasons. I think at the very least the premise of, oh, the OSI and Guild of Columbus and the Ten are just fighting over like who gets to yeah. dress up in costumes better is like is funny enough and like the bureaucracy stuff actually I think kind of works here. It's when they're like it's, referencing it's, like old mandates and like you know fucking like old court old old cases and old like court disputes from like 1975 or whatever. That is yeah. Funny. I, it, yeah. It's an episode that I feel like earns. Like the, it's one of the rare episodes where Rusty gets a win, and you're like, yeah. you know what? It makes he, sense that a, he got that. Yeah, because it's built off of like his. Literally, it's built off of like, oh, he is such a like the things that make him such a dumb shithead is also like what gives him that clarity too. It's like, oh, he had a shitty childhood that Your was like children. Part, yeah, part privileged and part like you know smothered by his extremely abusive father, and he, it gives him like. The same things that make you hate Rusty also make you be like, yeah, that it makes sense that he would see like through all this smoke and mirrors bullshit because he spent his whole life getting traumatized by it. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, you were children. Uh, I gotta say, Andy, I don't really agree. the uh, The helper two subplot, like I 
my eyes glazed over the entire time. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. Mm. I liked it. The good ending. Good ending where he realizes where uh you know Hank realizes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main reason. Yeah, I good like. ending, but the rest of it's just like they're just they just be saying things like they're just not. Yeah. <laughs> they're not there's no jokes here. There's it's literally just all like I, I don't know how to describe it. They're just boring exchanges. It's oh god. Well. <laughs> But it's boring exchanges about pop culture, which, if this show is anything to go off of, is the same as jokes. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Uh, the Bellicom, but the one of the things that made me madder than anything else this season was um that whole conversation in the beginning of that episode that like Brock and Shoreleaf and Phantom Limb were having about like you're telling me that James Bond's gun is a BB gun. James Bond, the coolest guy ever. It's like I, I could see maybe like phantom limb having this you know kind of but it's okay here's here's the issue here's the big issue i think you ready Mm. everybody is having the conversations that 21 and 24 used to have yes yes is they they built characters specifically for like these are kind of like the dorks who are obsessed with like pop culture and they're like their whole thing is that they're kind of like nerds who have these dumb debates and now it is maybe part of as a consequence of like, oh, they've shown how all of these people are dorks and, you know, kind of lowered the pretensions of it. Or maybe it's partially because like they are kind of flattening all their characters into just, damn, these are like the things that we think are epic right now. Like everyone is having these kinds of conversations that before were very funny because they were completely weightless and like kind of relegated to these two fucking schlubs in the middle of this big epic, you know, war between good and evil. Yeah. Right? Uh, does that make any sense? No, it no, does. I, I think you're fair. I also think that um, in earlier seasons, if they wanted to incorporate, you know, something about James Bond using a BB gun, they would have had... Uh, who's the a character... James Bond. James Bond type character use a BB yeah. gun. Or who's the character who's clearly just pedophile Sean Connery? Uh, uh, prof- uh, d- uh, what's his... Colonel, Colonel Gentleman. Gentleman. Yeah. Colonel Gentleman. Yeah. They would have had him use a BB gun and maybe a reference to that. Like, it... Maybe. Uh, yeah, something like that. Just something clever, something that keeps forward momentum going and isn't just people yeah. talking about bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's literally, they in this show, they kind of just, like, invented podcasts again. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, in any other case, I would credit it to, oh, it's like they didn't have enough time to, like, you know, go all in on stuff. But they had too much time this time. They had too much time. They got too precious yeah. about everything. And they lost all the fucking, like, you know, vibrant energy of the earlier stuff. Like, ah, uh, God. Okay. The unicorn. The bell. What, uh, the unicorn in captivity. No, it's the, the bell. Oh, bellicose proxy. Yeah. Uh, uh St. Cloud. I, I say St. Cloud. Cloud. This might my be boy. my favorite St. Cloud episode. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think, I think. It's not Eat like, the Pennies, Quiz Boy. No. It's, it's not. It's not Spanakopita. But, but it's not. But them just, like. <laughs> Rusty's line at the end of that episode of like, are we going to tell them that, uh, that, you know, they just fell unconscious and started drooling all over themselves in the middle and just Rusty quietly at the end of the episode going, never that, that got me. I, that, I, I, I also think like all this, like the stuff with Monarch, just trying to figure an angle with him is, is really, is cute. Uh, I, I admit it might, like that might've been a bit too hyperbolic. But, like, I, I still think this is a good use of him. I will say I do not care about any of the, the OSI backroom stuff going on this this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, I think that, I mean, I love St. Cloud. St. Cloud is probably the best creation that this show has come up with. 
And I think a lot of the times in this episode when he's just kind of like stumbling and being like kind of a, you know, ineffectual dork, that's very funny. Like him, you know, trying to break into Billy's house and getting his ass kicked by Colonel Gentleman and, and Billy's great. mom or whatever. That's funny. But honestly, again, it's just the degradation of the dialogue this season. I think like half his, I feel like half his lines that aren't that are just him being like talking like a baby, like being like, I'm making peepees and poopoos. And it's like, that's not like, one, that's not really yeah. the character, and two, it's like that's not as funny as what the character is, which is just like also, kind of a pretentious dork who loves, you know, old TV. Also, his is, is this sidekick even in this episode? Who? I feel like they, Briefly. they literally didn't. Briefly. Pay, okay. Payway? Yeah. Yeah, he's in there for like a scene or two. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's very lame. Okay. Next is the Unicorn in Captivity. Uh, the Best Ice episode Ice. of the season. Yeah, probably. It's the Eyes yeah. Wide Shut episode. It uh great fucking ending where they do like the best variant on It Was All a Dream where they yeah, just yeah. it's just this fucking loser's idea of what a cool time would be like. Yeah. Uh no. But, but and and I think what makes it work so well is that like the stuff that they build up in the episode beforehand that they're them puncturing with that last scene is like it is kind of like it it has a message more than anything else in this fucking season where it's like yeah, it's actually trying to like dissect, you know, what like what is your moral responsibility, you know, in when you're in these worlds of like huge wealth and power, and like what is you know the human condition of like you know is it is it more worthwhile to rage against the dying of the light, or is it more worthwhile to you know go with the flow if it's going to be futile anyway? And and like that is, I think they're treading ground that people have tread before, but like it is more interesting than just like damn, aren't superheroes weird or like. And I think if you're going to build your entire show around that dramatic thrust, like having a good dramatic set piece to build around is the least you can do. You yeah. Know? Also, yeah. it it was very weird to just see straight up like TNA in this fucking yeah. show. Yeah. No, very, they got a they got a big mandate this season. Yeah, they they got to put as many fucking flaccid dicks as they wanted in this show, and uh, yeah, they go it's out on it. Like, it's on at one a.m. Who gives a shit? Yeah, no, yeah. they got they got some titties. They got they got that razor dildo shit. Like, yeah, no, they're they're fucking going for it. But yeah. uh, also, speaking of great voice casts, they got Mark Hamill to do a bunch of shit in this episode, and he knocks out of the park as he always. Does. Yeah, as always, yeah. he's the man. He's, he, he's Presto Changeo. He's like the main robe guy, and he he hits both perfectly. He's doing. I honestly, okay, this is gonna be such a lame thing and like you can totally make fun of me for this but like this episode he is kind of like playing the two halves of like the joker character that he made so like like so iconic it in terms of like that whole you know the the joker as like a cultural icon or whatever where it's like in the presto change of guys playing like the kind of funny silly like Oh, I'm a trickster type guy and in the like the main mask guy is playing like that kind of like very venomous, very like, you know, gravelly, very like, very like there is like an animal underneath kind of terror that like kind of makes that silliness of the Joker really like hit home as like, oh, this is like actually terrifying, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the Joker, man. Yeah, no, uh, he's great. I mean, awesome. I agree with you, but I have nothing other than say of like, yeah, that's correct. That's true. Um, also, Ty brought it up earlier, but, you know, the, the, the Phantom Lynn Railroad track, or not Phantom Lynn, uh, Red Death Railroad track scene is Perfect. the best scene of the season. Yeah. Was that in this episode? Um, yes. Holy shit. 
God, they pulled it together. No, that was, was not. That was in the, that was in the next episode. Oh, yeah, that was in episode eight. Yeah, that's okay. in terms. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say like, okay. God damn, that's a stacked fucking episode. I was, I was, I'm. I'm no, this one, this, 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 is the, this is the heist and the eyes wide shut thing. Yeah, yeah, you're the right. The heist stuff isn't shit. as strong, but it's. I'm glad that Brock has something to do at least. And it's, and it's a fun not, enough B plot. Yeah, it's more fun than anything else they've done this season. I'll yeah, say. no, uh, yeah. again, it's not amazing, but like it's something. So props to that. Yeah, I think bringing back what's his name, like fucking. Double Dutch or who the fucking Andy? Who's the guy who makes duplicates of himself? Oh ah fuck! Um, I know who you're talking about too. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> He's uh, also voiced by Toby Huss. Uh, copycat. Copy. Copycat. Yeah. How did I know copycat. this? What the fuck? How did I, I know, know that? But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, again, bring back the copycat stuff is like, oh, awesome. Another character who we saw for an episode who's now, you know, very cool guys. But like, yeah, I think it's just fun having like a bunch of characters with like weird little powers, like doing, you know, a fun heist thing is like, that's more whimsical than anything else they've done this season. And it's kind of a fun, like return to form. Yeah. yeah and, and it just collapsing it on itself is also very funny. Just yeah, like, yeah. Just, he gets a shovel through his head, man. That's, that's gotta hurt. Um, yeah. the Terminus mandate. Okay, so we've talked up that one scene in particular, and I'm so glad you uh, all amazing. agree. Since I was like, I was like mildly freaked out watching that scene. Like, yeah. was, like what the fuck? Well, it makes it it kind of pisses off, like, or it pisses you off when, like, in the context of the rest of the series, because it's like, oh, they can still like write shit like this. Yeah, they're just not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it kind of gives away how. I mean, I don't want to say they're not trying yeah. since they spent three years on this, but how they're trying in the wrong ways. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's it is very it, it's it is good in a way that's very frustrating. Yeah, no, most of this episode is kind of a nothing. They have like uh, I don't know. They have all these uh, all these villains going out to do one last arch, and I I don't think they uh, find anything particularly clever or funny. It's a solid premise, but I wasn't really taken with any of the I, things they actually you know do. What? I will I will say the Doctor Z Johnny thing did kind of get me. I think that was yeah. like. I, I, I really like that whole thread they've dropped, like they've done with Johnny where it's like he has been in recovery through the whole series and like him coming to a spot where he is like kind of mature and responsible about like what his limits are. I get again, if you're doing that dramatic arc, I think that is one of the better times they've done it. It's just like literally like it's not a running joke, but it's like a running storyline throughout what, 20 years of television? Like, yeah, he was there from the start of episode two. Yeah, like that's uh, very, I think that's very cool to me. And then that kind of like very, I don't want to say very real because they are, you know, comic book villains running around and shit. But like that's kind of like comparatively real moment where it's like two people who have not, who, who were once close and then disconnected for a long time and they're now coming back together and there's, you know, awkwardness and there's tension. They're both in very different places of their life and one of them was severely unhealthy for a while. Like, I think they do a good job with that. I don't think it's particularly funny, but yeah. And okay. then, yeah, the fucking Dr. Mrs. Girlfriend stuff, which literally just, damn, bitches are crazy, which is not... <laughs> I guess they're trying to build it into, like, her whole, oh, she's having a hard time balancing her work and her life, whatever, but it really just reads as, like, damn, she's eating hot chip and lying. Like, I don't know. Forecast manufacturer. Yeah, this one's not great. Yeah. Um, I do. I will say it is very funny. It's like Jesse Ventura is probably the most fitting guy you could play to get the the character in this episode of just like this crazy psycho who just likes killing pe- serial killer. Yeah. Who's also like an easy action movie guy. Yeah. Um, 
the, the, there's the time machine thing, which that's going to be. I'm calling it now. That's going to be. That's going movie, to be called. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I, as 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 much as I gave it crap for Scarebear earlier, I at least appreciate that you never found out anything of this. It's like okay, as long as you don't bring him back again, which God willing, it's it's fine. Um, the the end of the episode being Hank seeing Dean and Serena together is really good, but like the Blizzard stuff is lame. None of this is really like this. This should not have been the penultimate episode, if nothing else. Like it feels weird that this is episode nine. Probably should have been earlier. And then finally, I, the oh, go on, Ty. No, I was I was just gonna take issue with like I I think if they're going maybe if they like divorced the snow stuff from the hank stuff maybe but i think if they're going to do the hank stuff they kind of needed to put it here the safrax protocol stupid i i like the brock stuff in this i like the brock stuff in this too it feels like they're finally giving brock a i feel like out of all of the characters in this episode brock is the only one who feels like he gets a proper send-off here yeah, and like if uh, honestly, if they don't do too too much with Brock in the movie, that's fine because what they do with here is him here is fun enough. Where I'm like, I'll take that. But yeah, the whole fucking level ten ceremony thing is like, it has funny moments, but it's it frankly feels really out of place, and it it probably you know what it is. It shouldn't have happened this season. It they, shouldn't. They, have. They, they jumped the shark. If it was going to happen, it should have happened in the movie. But they need to set up the whole, oh, Monarch knows he's related to Dr. Venture, thing, so I don't... Yeah. I mean, I feel like you you, you could have done you that. You could have, like, but... That, being, that on its own, I think, being the end of this season is a good idea. It's just the stuff around it is a bit... Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. See, no, okay, so that's the Venture Brothers. Spencer, you didn't watch it. Oh, no, I didn't watch this shit. I'm just letting you all cook. Yeah, no, I, I just... And I, I guess you can maybe make the argument where it's like, oh, you know, he got him the teleporter. He won, he earned a million dollars. He did the Big Brother program. That's why he's level 10 now. But it just, it really does feel very fucking out of place. And it's like they just were trying to force like a happy ending for the Monarch and Gary, which also having the final episode be, I guess it is in part about the Venture Brothers. And I think the stuff with Dean and Hank is like legitimately pretty good. Like Dean just doing that whole list of like, memories he has with hank and like trying to apologize to him that way i think is genuinely pretty affecting but like honestly the fact that rusty venture is nowhere in the finale of the venture brothers seems like an odd choice well i mean that's because this shit wasn't supposed to be no it wasn't but i think by the time they're making this they knew it was either like if i don't know because the thing is it didn't get canceled until three years yeah it didn't get canceled they were writing season eight like they were writing it when it got canceled yeah why does it feel so fucking disjoint like why does it feel so fucking sudden i don't know it's weird man that um... makes that makes me let that makes me like more disappointed in their writing abilities because i i kind of read it as like an annoying like yeah okay whatever they had to like make compromises because they knew they weren't getting a season eight but like knowing that they thought they were getting a season eight and this is what how they decide to cap this one off holy shit guys you are off your fucking game yeah uh, it's it's not good you didn't see it you don't know <laughs> i'm just saying stuff okay uh do you have any final thoughts on the show uh honestly it's Venture Brothers final verdict it's very hit or miss like yeah I wanted I wanted to the stuff that's great is great the stuff, yeah no I mean look you can go back and listen in the the seasons where it's on it's on but overall like you can't and because the show's li- so linear and so like 
invested in its own mythology. You can't kind of just pretend that the the bad stuff doesn't exist, like with Futurama. Like it's you, yeah. you kind of have to take it as a whole. And huge chunks of this, I have no interest in ever watching again. I've made my 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 piece, which is that I like this kind of crap more than than you guys do. I I yeah. I under like I think there's enough here that I'll. Like, like leading up to, the, maybe not leading up to the movie, but like at some point in my life, I will probably sit down and watch the, this entire show again because I, I do like it. And maybe with a friend group, probably. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it definitely, like, even it, this and season five are definitely of like, you got like not the highest examples of the show, but when it fucking hits, it hits really, really hard. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I will say, I'll probably watch this show again at some point in the future it's comfy enough i'm just like i think from a purely object objective standpoint you can see like yeah it yeah. was a lot better in earlier seasons yeah, I, yeah i'd still give this season overall like a set like a a very high seven at worst uh maybe maybe like what a mid the seven fuck that's ridiculous i'd still give high. this a seven god damn that's a like, really like high at score. best like well like maybe not like that like i'd give this like Mid seven, maybe low eight at absolute best. All right, uh, low. God damn, Jesus Christ! I mean, I know. Yeah, no. I and okay. give it up for the last bad episode of those good old fashioned valleys. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Bye bye. Fuck you. They're gonna be good from now oh, on. Bye bye. By oh. the by the way, uh, I check it out on on Monday. Uh, tomorrow I should have a streaming schedule. I'm gonna be streaming three times next week, so I look forward to that. All right. Uh, bye bye. Love streaming. Bye.